Hey, what up, bra? It's sweater weather outside, Chris. You know how pumped up I am? I know. I know. And uh, in about 40 minutes, I get to work out outside, and I love this weather to work out in. So, you know, i got to really work on this a little bit. Um, so I want to welcome everybody to the Thursday edition of Baseball Today. And no matter how much I work out, one thing I will not be able to do is cover the ground or jump like Cedric Mullins anytime soon. That was a, was it extra impressive because the dude is five foot eight and was able to leap that high? It was just an all-around impressive catch. It reminded me of the trout catch there pretty much in that exact same spot out in Baltimore. Uh, do you remember that one? The Mike Trout one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty impressive. In the visitor's locker room, there's a picture of that signed by him. It's like every time you walk by, you're like, that's Mike Trout. That's the guy. And Cedric pulled off, I mean, maybe even a better catch because he was going the opposite way, like over his, you know, throwing side. So yeah, you got to take a catch. It was great. It was great. Do you have a favorite one that you saw in person as a player before we get to our topics of the day? I did. I have a Ben Revere. It was actually 2011. I looked this up. He had a catch. Carl Pavano on the mound. Vlad Guerrero Sr. at the plate. Um, he hits one, and Revere was playing in. Tracked it all the way back to the wall. Crazy running catch over his shoulder, up against uh -huh. the wall. Glove like hit the wall at the same time the ball hit his glove. It's, it's Ben Revere, let me tell you, made some in unreal catches in his Funny. career. There's one with the Phillies that he had, too, that was crazy. Everyone go check out Ben Revere highlights. Yeah, uh, and very funny dude, by the way. Uh, for me, my favorite one, I think, was Kenny Lofton. He stole one. Uh, all this stuff, by the way, involves Orioles. B.J. Serhoff hit one, and Lofton, this must have been in 95. He ran all the way back, and in Cleveland, they used to have, like, it was kind of chain-link fence, but there was some padding in the middle. Lofton jumped, put his foot on the padding in the middle, with his back to home plate, reached up and caught it. It was, it was one of the best catches ever. I think B.J. Sorrell. I used to have a bobblehead of it, too, and I can't find where it is. That pisses me off. Who knows where we put things around this house now. But there you go. Go, uh, go check it out. I'm sure it's up as we're talking right here on our YouTube channel. Uh, all right, so let's get to it. The reason I'm wearing a Phillies hat, they had a ridiculous walk-off yesterday. The Atlanta Braves lose to Colorado. So as we start the day, Phillies just three and a half back in the NL East. What sort of chance that – no chance? Keep going. What sort of chance do they have of winning the division? I wanted to give them a chance, and I started doing math, okay? I know it's not a math company here, but I started doing it. The Braves, if they play 500 ball the rest of the way, okay. the Phillies would have to go 10-4 and four in games not playing the Braves and would also have to sweep the Braves. And then I believe that – so they'd have to go – 13-4 and four in their last 17 games. Atlanta would have to play 500 ball and lose every single game to the Phillies. And then, even then, Chris, I'm pretty sure they'd still just be tied. So, like... Now, I'm more confused than before I ask the question. I've got to be honest here. So, the answer then is, no, man. It's not happening? It's just not. I mean... Th no that dog? No dog, I'm not feeling it? It could happen. There's still – mathematically, they still have a chance. But, my goodness, yeah. it would be very tough. Okay. 
Um, so if you're just doing the schedules, and now we we both admit that we, even though we talk about everybody's schedules, we hate talking about schedules. But I'm going to do it anyway. The Braves finish up a homestand today against Colorado. Then they hit the road out west for 10 against San Francisco, Arizona, and San Diego before finishing at home against Philly and the Mets. Philly, we've talked about this ridiculous homestand they're on. They've got one more with the Cubs. Uh, then they got a quick series against the Mets in New York. But then Baltimore and Pittsburgh come to their place. They st- I mean, come on. You have, you're going to have two teams that have 100 losses coming into your ballpark. It's still very much for the taking there. If they can just sharpen – no. No. I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on the same wavelength as you, but then you do the math. And it's just a lot of games to make up uh, in 17 games. Yes. What it, what it does is it puts a tremendous amount of pressure on that three-game series in Atlanta because they're, they're most likely going to have to sweep the three games. Most like, likely. Yeah, I mean, they have to sweep those three games if they want any shot. And then they have to worry about the Braves losing other games, too. The Braves could just go win some some other series, and it doesn't matter. Totally, totally. So basically what we learned through that first question was not a lot. Let's do better on the second one. The Yankees, last night with a come-from-behind ninth-inning win in Baltimore, clinched their 29th consecutive winning season. That is the second-greatest run in the sports history behind the Yankees from 1929 through 64. Does that do anything for you? Yeah, that's amazing. That's that's close to my entire life that they've had a winning record, and that's why their brand is so recognizable. That's why their franchise is worth the most in baseball. It's like people associate the Yankees with winning. Yes, it's the 27 rings. A lot of those came way back in the day, but they're still a consistently winning team, and people like that. That That's why, you know, if people aren't really fans of baseball, they know who the Yankees are. I get it's New York also, and – there's Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle and all that. But a big part of that reason is the fact that they win year in, year out, 29 years. I bet – I haven't seen this statistic, but I bet the next closest team to that is not even half of that. I don't know if you have those numbers. I, I don't. But remember the Braves won, what was it, 14 straight division I'm saying titles. Right now. Yeah, oh, right now. It active. still has a streak. Oh, active. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it might be somebody like the Dodgers, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great point. Um, I think what happens is if you don't win at all and you're a brand like the Yankees, we don't look at you as being successful. And we also say, well, in a sport where the payroll disparity is so significant that you should be able to fall out of bed and win any 82 games a year, which would make you a winning team. So I I understand people's trepidation when they look at that and they say, yeah, it's good, but what about the big deal? I mean, that's, that's Yankee fans. They're just that, – Well, I think that's baseball fans in general, right? I mean – No. Outside, outside of New York, Yankee fans are obviously spoiled, and they act that way. On social media, Yankee fans act spoiled. I'm sorry. I love you guys. I'm part of Yankees Twitter. But, like, the highs – are high but the lows are low and that means that you're just spoiled you expect so much from your team and i like that they expect it's great i i dig all the pressure they put on it but like there comes a point where you just gotta look like take a step back get some like wider perspective and be like damn like this has been a fun ride for us like because a lot like look at chris 
you're a Cleveland Indians fan. Uh-huh. Like, you've uh-huh. had some good times lately, but a lot of bad times, too. Yankee fans, even the bad times, still winning games. Yeah, but there are certain brands in sports where it doesn't matter. It's Yankees. It's Lakers. It's uh, Cowboys. You know, there are very few brands. And, I mean, think of what? Cowboys are out of this shit. Cowboys no, are the Cowboy, No, the Boys. Cowboys brand is bigger than anything in this country. It shouldn't be, though. But it, it is. Sh- the Lakers, the Yankees, I understand that because they actually do win. The Cowboys haven't won f- in forever. Do you, do you know that the Cowboys, I don't mean to mix, mix my, my sports here, but for just a second, humor me. Do you know that the Cowboys are one of three NFC teams that have not been to an NFC championship game in the last 25 years? That's what I'm saying, dude. They are not America's team anymore. But get, their brand they, is. I'm telling you. That's, all, that's like this, bro. Here's the trajectory. <laughs> okay. Do you, do you have a guess as the other two NFC teams that haven't been there? You're a good sports fan. No. Washington and Detroit. I was going to say Washington. Okay. There you go. All right. How about that third question? Here we go. Toronto and St. Louis. They've played great. But several other wild card contending teams have hit the shitter as of late. So which team is going to be most kicking itself if it does not make the postseason party because of their late season failures? It's got to be the San Diego Padres. Sitting at on August 10th, I had it up. I'm not going to look over here now. On August 10th, I believe they were 17 or 18 games over 500, Chris. Right now, on September 16th. A little over a month later, they're five games over 500. They have, if they would have just played 500 baseball in that span, wild cards locked up. They're going to the playoffs, but they have not done that, obviously. They're 12 games under in that time, and that is just a really tough pill to swallow for a team that has so much talent and was so fun, and they were America's sweetheart at the beginning. Yeah, they were. Everyone wanted to be rooting for uh, San Diego, and now, like, that – luster the shine on them has really worn off and it's a shame because they are such a fun baseball team but when you lose like this and you put yourself in the position they're in now it's it's tough it's a great call on your part it's not the right one though it's the cincinnati reds august 22nd 69 and 57 so a dozen games over 500 they held the number one they were the number two wild card team. I like to say they're the number one team for the second wild card because the <laughs> Dodgers have been so far out in front. But since that point, they have played 19 games. They have won six of them. We've seen late season slides, but look at who they've lost series to. They have lost to Miami. They have lost to Detroit. They have lost to the Cubs, and they have lost to Pittsburgh. Talk about having it all in front of you. And we are like, oh, man. Boy, if, even if the Reds just go 500, they're going to be laughing. I mean, come on. Like, they, they couldn't have gone 10 and 9 in that 19 game stretch. Even just 10 and 9, they would be ahead. And this is why it's tough to adopt, like, this, like, super swaggy, we're the shit moniker because, like, it doesn't work when you're a bad team. And inevitably during a season, you're going to be a bad team. So, like, are they still putting the home run chain on? Is that still a thing? Oh, the Padres? Yeah. It's a great question. I have not I, – I haven't seen it. 
it's tough. And then for the Reds, I mean, Amir Garrett was calling the, you know, the, the big dick swinging, you know, dudes in the league, the baddest motherfuckers around. It works if you're playing well, but it doesn't work if you're yeah, playing. Yeah, but that's a, that's a delicate balance. Like, you want to, right? I mean, the it Giants, is. I suppose, could be swaggy all season long, but that's not their style. So you gotta you gotta play to who you are. I don't have a problem with. I love the home run chain. I love what they're doing in Toronto. Obviously, with the home run jacket, it's working. They play great, but I want them to keep doing that. It's okay. It's it's okay. That's the thing is it's okay. Like it's not. I never liked the chain. Like just for this just for this exact reason, I said it as soon as Amir Garrett talked. Because about you're the- afraid of what's around the next corner. I just think it's too much. It's too long of a season. There's too many ups and downs during a season. It's you're, you're better off. Look, I think the White Sox do it perfectly. Like they are, they swag. They they have the, the they can light up a room. People watch them. They like, lucked out. They've lucked out because the rest of the division is such horseshit. Sure, but they don't have a thing. They don't do that. Like, they just go out and put it on the field. I like that. Put it on the field. Like, the stuff off the field when you get done, that's like college football stuff, man. Like, I'm, I'm like, kind of over that. Really? I like people wow. showing their personalities, but, like, that's – because right now, I'm just saying, like, it's hilarious. Like, if you just can't put the swag chain on right now. Well, maybe they need to. Maybe that's what they need to do to get this shit straightened out. I'm fascinated that's the way you feel. Wait, who's 50 and who's 36 here? I've said it from the beginning. It's just, it's, it's not that I don't like it. Like, sure, it's awesome for fans. People are like, it's fun when it's going well, but it's just too hard to keep that well, up all season long. I could I could only imagine what they're hearing from the other dugout. Be like, where's where's fucking home run chain now, bro? Even, this, even the home run jacket is brutal. Brutal? <laughs> I might order one. Seriously, I'm going to wear it out to a nice dinner here in L.A. I'm going to order myself a home run jacket, and that's what I'm going to do. <sighs> like, I like – everyone's calling me a boomer. I get it. I get it. I get it. I want people to show emotion, and I want you to, to have your personality and be yourself. But it's the extra stuff that's like, yeah, it's okay. Okay. All right. Um, so barring a raised flop in the American League, we're probably looking at Chicago versus Houston in that five-game divisional round series. Right now, the Astros have a two-game lead over the Chicago White Sox. For which team is it more important to have home field advantage in that best of five? 100% the White Sox. I mean, the numbers are there. They have a losing record on the road. They have a losing record against teams above with above 500 winning percentage. I know they're a really good team. The talent is there, but they need they need home field advantage much more than the Astros do. If the Astros get it, it is so difficult. I've said this so many times on our shows. It's so difficult to play in Houston. There's magic there. There was some cheating going on back when I was playing, but there's still magic there too. It's very tough to play there. It's loud. It's 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 a homer dome. So no lead is ever safe. You can't be comfortable there ever. You have to have your foot on the gas pedal the entire game because one swing of the bat there one you know half swing of the bat there it's in the Crawford boxes three run homer so White Sox gotta go out and can and have the home field advantage I think they need it much more than the Astros do 
Okay, so uh, I agree with you for two reasons. One is numbers related. The White Sox have the most home wins in the American League. Only the Dodgers have more in all of baseball. Number two, the Astros, a lot of their lineup has played in every scenario. You know, they have been in big time, have to win game seven on the road to win the World Series sort of match. Like, they've been in these things. The White Sox have not had success in that situation. A lot of their lineup is still very new to the playoff scene, right? Last year, they lost in three games to the Oakland A's, and that was in a much different atmosphere than we're going to see this October. So they need to get up to a good start in that series. They need to have the hometown fans behind them. Um, to me, it's pretty simple. They, yeah. They've got to play these last few weeks because they haven't been playing for a division title for months because every other team in that division has been terrible. And Houston, Chris, gets so loud. And they have their, yeah. like, their announcer is like a monster truck voice. Like, right. it's wild. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. We've yeah, got the final round playoff series. <laughs> and they shoot that freaking cannon off when they when they hit a home run. If you don't know it's coming, it's gonna. Sh it's you're like, oh shit, what just happened? It is okay. Good point. Uh, last one. What the hell happened in Baltimore last night? The umpire Tim Timmons. I don't know if he ejected the grounds crew or just told him to get the hell out of there for a little while. Uh, did you did you laugh at it or did you think he was being an asshole? I laughed. I, I think it's just it's two people, two different sides trying to do their job quickly. Like Tim Timmons wants the game over. He's like, there ain't no way you're putting that tarp on early. We're going to get this game over. So ninth inning, the grounds crew, they have to stay late after the games. They want to get that tarp on as, as soon as the game is ended. So they're out there. I'm going to side with Tim Timmons on this one because they're in play. Like that's in play. Like if you if a foul ball goes over there and there's – 30 dudes standing by the tarp. Like, what if a fielder can't go and get a ball? How many times have we seen a guy go get a ball on the tarp? So, like, I think he's in the right there. I think they need to just stay back there. They could run the 90 to 100 feet back to the tarp when the game is over. They shouldn't be out there during, like, play, unless rain is, like, absolutely imminent. But it was raining, though. But, like, real rain. You know, you know it in, like, in the ninth inning, those umpires are not going to call – for that tarp until they have to. And as a player, you want the same thing. You're like, don't you put that tarp on. Do not put that tarp on. Plouffe's five-day forecast coming up on the sevens. Do you have your AMS seal of approval? It was raining, but it wasn't really raining. You know what I'm talking about, dude. <laughs> it better be coming down sideways, like Forrest Gump-type rain, because you're trying to get that game over with. Like 2008 World Series-type shit where they had to play through puddles in Philadelphia? I was so young, I barely remember. Stop. You, you were not young. You were not young. You were probably hammered after playing in, uh, in double-A baseball. Somewhere. Yeah, 22. Yeah. Where were you, by the way, in 2008? Uh, I just gotten called up halfway through the year to AAA. Halfway through the year at AAA? I got called up from AA to AAA. Oh, okay. And where was AAA then? Rochester, Rochester, New York, baby. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, good deal. Uh, I just – I laughed at the whole thing about Tim Timmons because he looked like the most pissed-off dad ever. He's like, get, get out. Get out of the house now. 
Do you hear me? Do you hear? I don't want you. Turn around. Get out. I was like, Ooh. And now we see so few ejections. Like, I think he got it out of his system. You know? Tim, Tim can get ornery a little bit. He's a nice dude, but, you know, I've seen him get that way. You know, he's getting older, too. As you get older, as you know, you know, you get a little bit more, you know, the, the leash is a little bit shorter. What does that mean? I'm not as nice as I used to be? Probably not. <laughs> uh, I've always been an asshole. So, really, <laughs> I've just remained consistent over the years. What do you have on John Boy Media? Dude, I got nothing. Thursdays are such a great day for me. I come and do this. I'm going to go hang with Teddy. It's Yom Kippur today. So, uh, what did you call it? Happy Yom Kippur. Did you just call it Yom Kippur? What okay. is it? It's Yom Kippur. I mean, come on. It's our, it's our Day of Atonement. Uh, yes. So You're supposed to be resting. I'm actually supposed to be in temple. I'm, I'll be working out, though. I'll be atoning for my sins. Now, the question is, can I make a fast all day? Can I fast all day? I probably can, but I'm not sure I will. I got to see. That's you between say, me and my maker. Do you say happy Yom Kippur? Not really. It's a day of atonement. It's like okay. a day of reflection. You're, okay. you're yeah, you're supposed to look at yourself, say, what can I do? How can I be a better person? What can I, that, it's that sort of stuff. I do that every day. Do you really? Yeah. Well, then you better do a better job. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, latest episode of The Rose Rotation is out with Trevor May. Speaking of reflecting and, uh, and atoning, we talked a lot about his performance on 9-11, on, uh, on where he had a two-run lead against the Yankees, gave up the big bomb to uh, Judge, um, got booed off the field after not retiring any of the three batters. We really dove into that and how much it bothered him, not the reaction of the crowd, but his performance. And um, there, there, there's a lot of good stuff with him because it's been a crazy, like, last six weeks with the Mets. Everything from the thumbs down, we talked about that. We talked about the meeting they had as a team um, after that. We talked about Francisco Lindor having a really difficult year and why he thinks this is actually going to benefit him for the rest of his contract. And you know, a lot of fascinating stuff. So there you go. I love Trevor May. Very, um, very smart dude. Oh, really smart. Smart, funny. He's got it all going for him. He does. He does. He's got a lot going on. All right, dude. I appreciate the. Uh, the... <laughs> Look at hey, this. How was practice yesterday? By the way, practice went great. We're 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 dialing it in. Where's Teddy playing? All we're... over. Yeah. This isn't kid pitch. It is. So I have a question for you. I have one kid that throws the crap out of the ball. Like hard? Hard. Uh -huh. So, one, I'm scared to throw him because we have to have a catcher behind the plate. So the catcher's just going to get worn out because these kids right. can't catch the ball. And two, right. batters really don't know how to get out of the way of the ball yet. Yeah. Like, this kid could hurt somebody. But mm -hmm. trying to win. Well, <laughs> so what's your, what's your question? How often do I throw him? Yeah. Every day. <laughs> no i would say i would say yeah you got to get your best kid that can catch him like whoever is your normal shortstop you have to put behind the plate for him i know and you just let him throw an inning here or there just just so that people will start talking him up a little bit and remember there's seven right isn't that how old they are yeah yeah there's seven this is the worst year of little league i'm just gonna tell you 
it is the worst because you're like, oh, my God, these kids cannot throw the ball near the plate. If you're just sitting here, you're like, when it's, is the game over? <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty tough watching the games. And, and then there's the parents that take it much too seriously. And oh, like, hey, this is where you, okay, you have to have a meeting with the parents, just the parents. Have one of your assistant coaches take the kids, say, I want to have a team meeting with the parents. I'm not, this, I'm not joking. I've done this with all my teams. I, I suck at baseball, but I'm really good at dealing with personalities. You say this. You are here for these 10 or 12 kids. That is it. You are not here to talk to the umpires. You're not here to talk to the other players. You're not here to talk to the other fans during the games. And don't talk to me either. You want to talk to me afterward about something that happened? I am all yours. I'm all yours. I am here. You want to call me? You want to email me? You want to text me? You want to talk to me? I'm here for you. But you are here to support these kids. And whether they play great or they play shitty, it doesn't matter. We want to keep them interested in the sport and make them love the sport. And that is it. Don't, don't argue a bad call. Nothing. They're seven years old. Yeah. My, my, my parents of our kids, great. I've had no problem with them. And I think they – I think they're a little – this is going to sound like cocky or whatever. Whatever. I think they won't say much to me because they know my background. Yeah, well, of course they won't. So no, I, absolutely. I think that going for me, it's more more I was talking about the other coaches being like – Oh, they're dick. Well, that's where you pull people – that's where you pull those guys aside. I had one coach that I used to coach with, and then we'll go. His name is Mike Treasel. He made it all the way to Triple A. Big guy. He used to catch. Remember Sean Estes, the left-handed pitcher? Sure. Okay. They were in the same system together. Great dude. Had three sons that went through our little league. He used to get – there was one guy who all he would do is bunt. All he would do is bunt. I'm like, teach the kids how to hit. You're not trying to win a game at eight years old. He pulled the guy aside. He walked with him. Just made it look like he was talking. He goes, if you fucking have one more kid bunt, I'm going to come over, find you in the parking lot, and kill you. So stop having your kids bunt every time. It's fine. You want to do it occasionally. Teach the kids how to hit and field, and let's move on. He did it in the most calm voice. He's awesome. So I got to go threaten to kill some people. That's fine. I got it. He was just joking. <laughs> I think. All right, dude. Have a great day. Um, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to the chat. The chat has been just on fire today i am not high never you're never high they think i am but maybe i will be okay it's okay and i'm not old like eh. no, maybe i am poor everyone all right have a great day later